Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn them to Ephesians chapter 6. Last week we began to examine uh, the armor of God that we are to put on every single day. And again, we looked at these things as those components, those essential components uh, in the armor that was uh, outlined, began to outline. And we understand that these are spiritual pieces or spiritual garments given to us by God to battle in a real battle every single day with the enemy. And if you remember, I was saying, if we don't think it's real and, we don't, and we're not prepared for the spiritual battle and we just kind of face the day every day like, um, well, I mean, it's another day. I'm, I've got to take the kids to school. I've got to go to work. Uh, we've got this after school. We've got this after work. And we just kind of look at our lives like that versus looking at them like I'm in a spiritual battle. I just got up another day, and today Satan's going to bring it, and I better be prepared. And so whether I'm taking the kids to school and on the way to work, he throws some darts at me by the person not turning their blinker on before they slam on their brakes right in front of me and turn. That may be one of those little arrows he start, tries to shoot. Uh, at me to get me uh, to, to sin or to, or to do something I shouldn't do to, to hurt the testimony of Christ. But we've got to be prepared uh, every single day. The first three components that we looked at, the rules associated with those, are number 37 was daily, deliberately immerse yourself in the truth before you enter the battle. And again, these are deliberate steps. It's so imperative for us to see how serious it is, and it's so imperative for us to take deliberate action to put these spiritual tools or garments or uh, pieces of armor on. And again, in this first one, we have to remember that truth is the foundation of our everything. God has given us his truth. And so it, again, is the foundation not only of our lives, but it's the foundation of every other piece of the, the garment or, or the, the, the armor that God has given. God's truth. Now, we know the world is trying to write different narratives. Uh, matter of fact, this week I went to a, a conference and uh, it's really informative, and I, and I, and I think it's going to benefit our church overall, specifically our parents and grandparents, our families, um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see more of that later. But I went to this conference, and it was so true. The narrative that's trying to be rewrit, uh, rewritten today is that how you feel is what is real, I mean, is what is truth. So, uh, and again, dealing with gender, uh, dealing with orientation, all those things. So society is telling people, well, if you feel like this, this is true. And so many people, and again, if, a, if anybody tells us that, we kind of embrace that, and that becomes reality. That becomes truth to us. But we know as the children of God that our feelings aren't truth. And many times there, our feelings can lead us astray. Um, and so we've got to make sure that we're putting on the garment, the belt of truth. We have to remember this as well. If our feelings or any voice or any television show or movie or, or friend or family or even uh, spiritual seemingly, uh, seemingly spiritual person comes to us and tells us something that's contrary to God's word, we have to know that's not truth. As good as it sounds, as spiritual as it sounds, as um, warm and fuzzy as it sounds just because all those things are there doesn't mean that it's truth and that's unfortunate because there's a lot of people out there that seem very spiritual and they can tell you something 
and, and, and it aligned with what you're feeling. It'll align with what your flesh wants to do. And, and man, they've been a Christian for this long, and I know this much Bible, and, and that sounds really good. It sounds really spiritual. And I'm sure there's some type of scripture associated with that, but there's not. And many people use that to push their agenda, to get people to do what they want to do. Uh, but again, God's worth, what word, his truth, never changes. And so we've got to be equipped with it every day to face the spiritual battle. The second one was love rule number 38. Daily, deliberately ensure that you're guarding your heart by walking in righteousness, and that is by being obedient to that truth. So you've got to know the truth to be obedient to the truth. And that's how we guard our heart against some of those things that the enemy throws our way. Again, truth is the foundation, but truth has to be acted upon. What, what, what use is truth if we don't ever do anything with it, if we don't act on it, if we don't share it with others? You know, it's just information gathering at that point in time, and it's kind of useless. So we've got to make sure that we act on truth. And the Bible tells us that's part of the spiritual armor, the armor of God that's going to help protect us, protect our hearts from being attacked in a way that we're influenced in our heart to do something that, that's against God's will, that's against God's path. And so again, we have to make sure that we're guarding our hearts, that we're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, taking the truth that we have and applying it in our lives by being obedient, walking that path of righteousness uh, in, in that. So the third and number, number 39 was this, daily, deliberately ensure that you're prepared by and for the gospel of peace. Again, if you are saved, you know that you are saved because you heard the gospel. Uh, the, at some point in time, I've heard people's testimonies be something like this. I just, I had some feeling and, and, and so I decided to go to church and, and, and that's when I got saved. Uh, well, wait a second. You, you have to make sure and, and hear the gospel before you just determine that you're saved. Uh, you, uh, other people, they've gone to uh, certain concerts and the gospel wasn't necessarily pr uh, presented there. And they said, I got saved at a concert. Well, if you've heard the gospel before or heard the gospel at that concert, then yes. But you can't be saved from something you don't know you need to be saved from. The, good, the gospel is the good news. Again, you have to know what the bad news is to accept and receive the good news. The bad news is you're a sinner. And you're lost and you're doomed for eternity in the lake of fire. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. There's no works you can do to accomplish this work. But God in his great and infinite love for us came to this earth in the form of human flesh. And he lived a sinless life, did no wrong, did no evil. But he was bruised, he was battered, he suffered, he was beaten, and he died. He was crucified for our sins and for our transgressions. He bled and his, his blood uh, was shed to pay for our sin. And our sin was paid for in that death. He was buried, but three days later he rose again. And because he rose again, he can give eternal life because he is the author of life. He's the giver of life. And so again, it's that good news that brings us salvation. And so that's the gospel that prepares us to stand, and that's what feet are for, or our feet are to be shod with the preparation, the readiness of the gospel. So we are to stand with what we know we've believed and, and, and how we believed it, but also prepared to take it. That's what feet are made for as well, walking. And so we've got to be prepared to take the gospel of peace uh, to those. Again, we're not just in a spiritual battle to survive. And this is the last thing that we talked about last week. Many times you can get in a situation in your life where you feel like you're doing nothing but fending off Satan's attacks. And it feels like you're completely on defense. It's one thing right after the other. It's, it's some emotional battle or some mental battle or some uh, phys physiological battle, um, you know, chemical or, or um, uh, you got some type of 
outside influence at your job or, in, or even in your family, in your home. It's attacked. There's all certain things are, are, are coming against you. It feels like you're doing nothing but fending stuff off and trying to just survive. But you have to realize that's not what God's intent is for, on, for us on this earth and in the spiritual battles, not just to survive, not just to make it to another day. We have to realize that God has equipped us and give us, given us not only defensive pieces to withstand those attacks from the enemy, but he's also given us offensive pieces. We are, we are at war with the enemy, and we are in the battle. First Corinthians, I mean, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy, he turns around and tells Timothy this, Thou therefore endure hardness, you've got to go through this, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he says, No man that warreth, or no soldier that goes to war, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him that has chosen him to be a soldier. And then finally in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes to the Corinthians, again in this probably third letter, but it's the second letter that we have. He says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're walking in these human bodies. We've got human things to deal with. We've got fleshly temptations to deal with. But he's saying, and he's making clear, we're not warring. The, the battle's not in a, it's not a fleshly battle. And he explains, because our wep the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. You, you, it's not fleshly things that battle against the battle of the enemy or, or guard against it. But he said they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So again, clearly, we are in a battle every single day. Every single day of our life, we're in a spiritual battle that's real. And God has given to us every single thing we need to face the battle, not just face the battle, and again, make it through another day, but to be victorious in the spiritual battle that we're facing every day. And so if you're here tonight and you're saying, I, I, I feel defeated in my Christian life. I feel like that I'm one of those that is just kind of making it through the day. And if I wake up the next day, it's like, here we go again. I'm just going to take another beating, another pounding, another day of attack from the enemy. If that's you, you have to realize God's given you other tools to war. Not just to fend off, but to battle, to take back ground that maybe the enemy has taken from you or is trying to take from you. God's given us everything we need to be victorious in the battle. And so we're going to look at three more pieces tonight and uh, hopefully get, get some more good uh, information to take with us and to put on. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for allowing us again to be here. And thank you for what we've already experienced through the, the singing, the opportunity to give back to you tangibly. And now, Lord, we offer ourselves to you. We, we uh, present ourselves before your throne and, and we're open here before your word. And we're asking that you, your spirit would instruct all of us, God, that you would lead uh, this, this service, this part of the service, uh, that the message go forth and it would fall on every single one of our hearts uh, that are ready to receive your word. And Lord, I, I pray that we would not only hear these things, but God, we would receive these things and we would take them with us and we would apply them in our lives. God, help us to be wise and help us be good stewards of your word that you've given to us. You love us so much that you gave us all these things to go through this life with and, and help us not be foolish to see what they are, to hear what they are, but not use them in the battle. So God, help us tonight to take these things and again, apply them in our lives. And I, I pray that you're glorified through all this, that you just simply use me as a vessel, mouthpiece, 
to speak to all of our hearts, God, to speak to, into all of our lives. And we'll praise you for this, Lord. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you got your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to pick up, we left off verse 15, pick up verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench, look at that word right there, all. If you got your Bibles there and you want to underline or highlight something or circle it, underline that word all. Because I said a while ago, God has given to us every single thing that we need to be victorious in the spiritual battle that we face every single day. And he's saying, here's an element in, in, here's a component of the armor that I've given to you spiritually that's effective 100% of the time. It never fails. This piece of armor will never fail against what it's designed to, to fend off. What is it designed to fend off? You shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked or the wicked one. And so what he's saying is this, in every single circumstance of all, uh, uh, in your life, that, that above all, he says, in every circumstance, Take with you the shield of faith. So the question I have tonight is this. If it's the shield of faith, we have to ask, I think it's important to ask some little basic questions. The first thing is this. How are we saved? How are we saved? What's the, what's the element that we have to have to be saved? Faith. We have to be, we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. His death, his, his burial, his resurrection. How are we to live? By faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And so again, we know that faith is important, but if we don't know what faith is or what it really looks like or how it's actually supposed to be played out or manifested in our life, then it's kind of not effective as a shield if we don't identify what it is. Again, we know what faith is. Faith is us trusting in Jesus Christ. And the Greek word here. That's what it means. It means reliance. It means trust. You've heard me say this illustration before. I use it just Sunday again, trying to explain what faith is. Faith, trust, saving faith, and not only saving faith, but faith in our day-to-day -day lives looks like what you're doing right now in those chairs. You're relying on them. You're trusting in them. You, don't have, no, you have no doubt in your mind that those chairs are going to hold you up until I start talking about the potential that those chairs might not hold you up. And you're thinking, well... I guess they could fall. But you still, in your mind, you have confidence because you know what those chairs are designed to do. And so you have complete confidence. You have faith in those chairs. So again, we know that faith is this resolute conviction. It says absolute conviction and a constancy uh, of that conviction, us continuing in that conviction. In other words, we are fully persuaded. There's not any part of us that is not persuaded. We are absolutely persuaded in something. Again, the Greek word is pistis. And when we know what this original meaning is, the original meaning is the kind of faith that we put in Jesus Christ for salvation. But it's also closely associated with a word that we find in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Paul saying to Timothy, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Again, Paul was going through everything he was going through in his life for the cause of Christ. And he says, listen, it's, it's the same reason that I'm suffering these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of suffering for Christ. I'm not ashamed of being called a, a fake or anything else that Paul was facing. He said, I'm not ashamed. Why? The word for means because. He says, because I know who I have believed. And that's the, that's the similar word, same root word that's found back in that, the, the, the shield of faith. The kind of faith it takes to be saved 
is similar here in belief. He said, Paul says, I know who I've put my faith in, my confidence, my reliance, my, my resolute confidence in. And then he says this, and I'm persuaded. There's no wavering in this. There's no doubt in this. There's no shakiness in this. I'm persuaded, absolutely persuaded, that he's able to keep, to guard, to protect that which I've committed unto him against that day. So again, Paul is, is saying this. This is a type of absolute confidence, reliance. The same kind that we had in Christ when we said, yes, I believe you, I trust you. You're my Savior, you're my Lord. I give you my life. It's that type of confidence that this shield is composed of. It's the shield that we take in the spiritual battle every day, and, and we should. And you say, well, yeah, it makes sense, but today we have different versions of, of, of shields, right? When we look at modern military, what do they have? They have body armor, right? They don't carry with them necessarily like shields uh, that he's talking about, but that's what Paul had in mind as the Holy Spirit was inspiring him to write these things, these necessary components, the shield of faith. But why a shield? The Roman soldier had a shield in, in, in Paul's day that was, was very, made of th very thick wood, uh, but it was probably about two and a half feet wide, probably around four foot tall, maybe taller in some instances. So it was a very large shield, a body shield. It was also covered with linen and leather most of the time, and when they went to battle, oftentimes they would, they would soak those shields in water. Now this made them also heavier, but it also made them fire retarded in, in, in some regards, and of course until they dried out. Uh, but this was the effective defense against an enemy who might fire an arrow that had fire on the end of it, right? You've seen those movies. You've seen the movies. They get on the top of the wall, and, you know, they let them go, and all those arrows that have fire tips on them, they're flying through the air and stuff, and uh, that's kind of the imagery that we, we have here. Again, the Holy Spirit given to Paul. But the question that comes to my mind is this, why does Paul say fiery darts? Able to quench all the fiery darts. We know that an arrow in itself, if you, I mean, especially you look at modern arrows today, I mean, they could do some amazing damage. But even back in this day, an arrow, of course, could kill somebody. But a fiery arrow could do significantly more damage to the person's body. It, 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 could, it could spread. The, fire could not, the, the arrow could not only pierce their, their body and, and, and hit a vital organ, but it also could, could do further damage uh, in, in, with the fire. But again, a fiery arrow. Why, why a fiery arrow? Again, if it could do more damage by the fire that it could ignite, I believe that's the imagery that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul that Satan's arrows are as he throws them to us. And what, it, what, is it, what is the intent in that? In that? To ignite, to set ablaze. The, the target that it's going after, it wants to ignite. So what are they? What are these darts that, that are fiery that are supposed to ignite us? And, and what does that even mean? What is it to, to set us ablaze? Some believe that they're darts of passionate temptation. Satan knows exactly how to tempt each one of us. He's been watching us, or he has his imps watching us. And he knows what gets us stirred up. And so he'll fire those same darts, fiery darts, to set us off in passionate temptation to give in to sin or to go astray. For instance, I'm just one of those people. Now, I don't, I don't many of you know me well, and, and I don't really get mad. Um, but I, but there are times that I can feel my neck getting hotter. 
right? Like it feels like blood is starting to try to, you know, I was just a little bit frustrated, you know, I was just a little frustrated. And one of those things that does get me frustrated, I shared it a while ago, is when you're driving down the street and you're just, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do and, and the cars are designed with a certain, certain functions, right? One of those functions being a blinker, right? A blinker is helpful, not, just, not for you, I mean, because you know what direction you need to go, right? Blinker's not for you. What is the blinker for? Who is the blinker for? For other people, right? The person that's right behind you, even the person that wants to, to, to keep going straight or turn that's coming the opposite way. So a blinker is an essential part of safe driving today. But for some reason, some people think it's a negotiable piece of equipment. Not necessarily a necessary piece of equipment of, of driving safety. And so when, when, when I'm coming up behind someone and out of the blue, they just slam on their brakes and then turn. There's a little bit of redness that comes up. I feel like a fiery dart has been thrown at me. And, um, and so I, I think that similarly, there's other things in our life that, again, the enemy knows. I'll keep firing that arrow at them with, with, with that uh, as long as they don't have the shield of faith to, to quench that fiery dart. And so, again, it can be various things, not just, you know, blinkers and stuff like that, but it could be various things. We talked about uh, guarding against those things last week. Fire uh, could ignite fear. It, it could ignite worry. It could ignite um, all, all kinds of things. But if we're not guarding our entire being with faith in Christ, remembering that we've put our confidence in Christ, if we're not guarding with his truth, those fiery darts, no doubt, can ignite misdirection in our life. You say, what does that mean? Misdirection in the form of what? In the form of wrong decisions. In the form of a wrong thought life. In the form of wrong speech. See, we can react a couple different ways whenever that, you know, we have natural human emotions. You know, uh, when somebody slams on the brake in front of you or, or out of nowhere they're just stopping and, and then they're going to turn, there's no blinker. I mean, maybe you don't. You say, no, I'm perfectly fine with that because I'm one of those who don't turn my blinker on. There, you're the one I'm praying for then. <laughs> but, I, you know, it, it may not be that. It may not, you say, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, but maybe it's something else, and, 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 and maybe it's that person that's driving, as some people, you know, uh, well, put it nicely, on the highway, driving without any sense. We know there's a name for it, right? It's a one-word name, starts with an I, ends with a T. Many Christians scream it at people as they're driving. Somebody without sense. Everybody got it? I'm not going to say it. There's kids in here. Kids are going to go home and start saying that word. The pastor said it. No, it's not going to happen. But we do that. We say that even sometimes with a kid in the car. And, and, and because why? Satan's thrown something, set us ablaze on fire, and, and it worked. Now, now we're getting to work, and we're in a bad attitude. You know, Those senseless drivers out there not the i word right because we don't say that at work they they gave they started our day off bad was a bad day so again this is essential to have the shield of faith is essential every single day of our life number, number 40 is this daily deliberately protect your entire being with confidence in christ alone again remembering that we've got to trust him for everything remembering back that we are his child we're saved our faith where our faith lies in 
And so when those fiery darts come, we remember, I'm a child of God, saved by his grace. I've put my faith in him. I'm just going to trust him regardless. That faith is so essential, even, when the, even and especially when those darts come flying at us to enrage us or to set us ablaze uh, in, in, in different ways um, in, in our life. So let's look on verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation. What does the helmet protect? Easy. The brain, the head, right? Some people are like, the hand? No, the head. We know it protects the head, protects the brain. What is, what do we say is in, well, because it is, what is in the brain? We say, blood. Let's talk about, um, what is it, psychologically, what is in the brain? The what? Our mind, yes, yeah, right. Our mind, our mind, our, the, 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 basically the root of our entire being, uh, our mind, right? And so the helmet of salvation is to be put on. They say this, that, the, that an idle mind is what? The devil's playground. We're going to get to the workshop in just a second. The, the, the devil's playground. An idle mind is the devil's playground. So here's the truth in this. If we aren't daily renewing our minds... If we aren't recalling the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, every single day reminding ourselves and protecting our minds and keeping that in, on guard and keeping that in mind that we're a child of God, then what can happen in this? Our minds can begin to wonder. And when our minds begin to wonder, our minds can begin to waver. And that can, be a, that can affect us, of course, in a negative cause. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, familiar to many of you, it says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind constantly. Why? Why do you need to do this? That you may prove what is that good and, and, and acceptable and perfect will of God. So why, covet, why salvation covering your head, your mind? The head uh, is the most vascular part of our body, right? It's, it's, it's got, uh, you know, you cut your, 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 your head and it's going to bleed a lot. Uh, there's a gash there. Um, and it's also host to the most vital and delicate part of our body. And so if we look at this in, in, in what God is telling us, the makeup of our being, we're the, the seat of our, our being, our mind, our brain, if we're looking at that, then we must constantly protect it by constantly being reminded, no matter what we face, that we are Jesus Christ. Because you know what happens when the devil starts trying to get to your mind, right? You start doubting things. Again, that's worry and fear. Other things start happening whenever those attacks are successful and they get to our mind. Sometimes the hope of glory, sometimes the confident expectation of what's to come is what God uses us to help us get through what is. We're facing this struggle, facing this battle. We're facing these impossible circumstances. We're facing this difficulty, facing these attacks, this storm, this valley, whatever it is, and sometimes it's that fact that, you know what? This world is not my home. I'm Jesus Christ. I have a home and glory land that outshines the sun. But sometimes it's those things, that, that salvation, that remembering, that, re, that, that recalling, that renewing of our mind that we're Jesus Christ, that we're saved, that helps us through it. Also, we're supposed to be constantly reminded in all of this that we are actually saved. That we are his, that we're no longer ours. And that in that, we are safe. We are safe from everything, ultimately safe because of our salvation. 
Remember what we saw uh, Sunday? Jesus said, don't fear him that can kill the body, but fear him that could kill the body and soul in hell. You need to fear God. Don't, you have nothing now to fear. God is in control. God has absolute control, and we are safe in him. You know, I can, I can take a, memory down, uh, a journey down memory lane uh, to when I got saved, and I did that um, last week over, over coffee. I was sitting down with a gentleman, and, and um, he asked me about my testimony, began to tell him how I, how I got saved. And uh, going down that memory lane, you know, what, you know what it did for me? It brought me joy. I, in that moment, I, I, I was taken back to that time when I was a 10-year-old kid, and I, and I remember everything about that. And, and, and just rehearsing that testimony of, of when I got saved, even the, the concern about what the other kids were going to think and, and, and all those things, I remember that. And, and it brought me so much joy just recalling my salvation experience. And I can do that today. And you can do that today. And it brings joy. And I'll say this, if your salvation experience doesn't bring you joy, something's terribly wrong. Something's terribly wrong. And so I want to encourage you with this. In, in, the, in the battle, the spiritual battle every day, if Satan's coming at you and you feel like the war that's going on is in your mind, it, you feel like, man, he is just, he's wrecking my life. And, you know, in my heart, I feel like I'm guarding my heart. I, I feel like that, uh, you know, I'm really trying to do what's right. I, I feel like I'm standing on the truth. But, man, he's coming at me in a, in a real way in my mind. And I'm, I'm starting to doubt things. I'm starting to, you know, all, all these things are happening. Listen, start to rehearse in your mind and recall and have your mind renewed in, in God's word. Have your mind, uh, again, the joy brought to your life by recalling your salvation experience. You can be in the darkest day of your life and your salvation story should bring you joy. Because again, you can face all these terrible things and if you just recall that day that you gave your life to Jesus, you knew things changed, that you went from death to life, and no matter what happened to you, you knew that for all of eternity, you're going to be with God. You're going to be in heaven. You never have to worry a day about any more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more nothing, no, no more death. You knew that day you went from there to there. And again, no matter where you're at, that should bring you joy. So love rule number 41 is this. Daily, deliberately protect your mind by remembering whose you are. Again, it's a renewing, constantly Put on the helmet of salvation, remembering that you're saved, remembering whose you are every single day of your life. And again, that helps with so many other things. You're the, you're the child of the King of Kings, the Lord of all. Remember that every day. The last thing is this, the rest of that verse, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. As they say, the mind, uh, the, the idle mind is the devil's playground. They say that idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's right. So if our, if our mind's not set right uh, and our hands aren't holding the right things and working in the right way, then again, we open the door for the enemy to work. So what does this mean? We must take hold, not just physically. Yes, physically, every day we've got to open up, whether it's in, in a physical book form or on your iPad or on your iDevice or, or whatever else. We have got to take hold every single day of the Word of God, literally and spiritually every day. Again, we realize that's where truth comes from. That is truth. It's where our foundation is found. This is the, 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 the center, the focus, the foundation of everything we are as Christians is found in the Word of God. And the Bible tells us it's the sword of the Spirit. So what does that mean? What is a sword? A sword is a weapon, right? It's not a toy. 
The, the, the sword, while it can be defensive in fending off, a sword is, is meant for attack. It's our weapon against the spiritual onslaught that we face every single day. And I want to again bring to your mind, if we are not in tune with and we're not alert to the fact that the onslaught is happening every day, then we are losing the battle. Amen. We're losing the battle. Because Satan's bringing it. Whether, whether we're in tune to it or not, Satan's bringing the battle to us. We may not, we may not be realizing, oh, well, this is why I'm going through this, or this is why this is happening, or this is the way that it's happening. And let's not be wrong. We know that the Lord allows certain things. We know the story of Job, right? Satan goes to God and says, hey, the only reason Job is serving you is because he's got all that stuff. God says, no, he's, he's upright in his heart. No, no more righteous than him. Satan says, well, let, me, let me try him. Let me test him. Let me have him. And we'll see it. It will prove that's true. That's okay. What happens? Job loses everything, right? Loses everything. But he doesn't sin, doesn't curse God. Satan goes back and says, that's because he's still got his health. Take his health away from him and see if he won't curse you. What does he do? Goes, guys, boils. His wife finds like, you're a miserable man. Just, just curse God and die. Thanks, honey. <laughs> But he said, you know, you can do these things, but you can't take his life. And all these things, Job didn't sin and didn't curse God. We know that God allows certain things in our life. We know that he allows even sometimes the enemy to come and test us and try us. We say, why would God, a loving father, why would God who came and died on this? That's right, he came and died. That's how much he loves us for you and I. Why would he do that? Because he's God, and he knows way more of what's better for us than we do for ourselves. And if we have faith enough for him to keep our soul, like Paul said, I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If we're persuaded just like that and say, you know what, no matter what happens in my life, no matter how bad I get, no matter how far I stray, I know that God will forgive me because I know I'm, a, I'm his child. I know I've trusted in Jesus Christ alone. I know I'm God's. I know I'm going to spend eternity in heaven, no matter what I go through. If that's, if that's the kind of faith we have, that, he, that we are his no matter what, then we've still got to trust him when things are terribly bad. We, we've got to trust him through every circumstance of life, knowing that he's got us, knowing that we're still his child. Every single day we've got to have that, that faith. But I'm telling you this, there's no way for us to be victorious in the battle, as I said earlier, if all we're trying to do is fend off, if all we're trying to do is be defensive in this. Again, the truth, the word of God is our sword. It's our weapon against the onslaught that we face. And so when lies are propagated all around us, when the world preaches, it says this is what's right, this is what's true. The sword of the Spirit can cut them apart. When society preaches the gospel, of, well, if it feels good, just do it. Then again, make sure we have the sword of the Spirit because it's what slashes those lies apart as well. What offense did Jesus have against Satan's attack? Some people thought it was a defense, but it's what Jesus came back with. It wasn't what he was, he was just, he wasn't just enduring the attacks of Satan 
when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness. What did he use? He used the Word of God, the, the written Word of God. We know that Jesus was the incarnate Word of God. He could have just said, listen, back off, I'm God. But he, he, as an example for us, as he walked in human flesh on this earth, he used the written Word of God to attack the enemy. Again, he battled that way for our example, for us even in 2017. So how about you? When the enemy attacks you, when, when he's attacking you right now, when he's attacking you when you get home, when he attacks you tomorrow, again, you say, why are you saying when he attacks it? Because he is. He's, he's, every day is a spiritual battle. He's coming at you. When he does that, when he comes at us, when he attacks, when he tempts us, when that person slams on their brakes without turning their blinker on, or, or when the, the, the uncertainty of, of the job comes, or when the uncertainty of the health comes, and the enemy starts trying to shoot at your mind, if God really loved you, why would he allow you to go through this? Why would you be dealing with this? If God really loved you, why would you be struggling with this? The helmet of salvation. And then take that sword of the Spirit and slash every single one of those lies apart. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am bought with a price. Begin to stand on the truth and use the word of God in the battle. Because again, it's the thing that God has given us, the element, the component to be able to strike back rather than just simply trying to defend against these attacks. We know that's never how a war is won. If you're just trying to survive from day to day without taking the sword of the Spirit with you and using it in, in speaking those things whenever the enemy comes to, to, to tempt you or to try you or, or to attack you and, and you're battling in your heart, you're battling in your mind and, and, and those darts are, are seemingly effective, you've got to at some point say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to start battling with what God has given to me. Grab the sword of the Spirit and start speaking the truth into those situations. You say, well, what does that mean? That means get the word of God and as Jesus said, when the enemy was tempting him, hey, bow down before me and worship me, and I'll give you everything. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him and him alone. Amen. Jesus spoke it. He said it. This is the truth. Say it. Speak it. You say, that'd be weird if I'm sitting at my desk and the enemy starts attacking me. I'll start speaking scripture. Why? You're a child of God. A spiritual battle. Do it. You're driving down the road. Somebody doesn't turn their blinker on. Pray for them that despitefully use you. I don't know. Speak the word of God. Use the word of God in the battle. Again, it's never how a war is won just by defense. And so number 42 is this. Daily, deliberately take the word of God as your offensive weapon into daily battle. How is this, how is this going to be accomplished? Memorize it. Recall it. Read it. Share it. Use it. It's got to be used. Psalms chapter 119 verse 11 says this, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What is Satan's attack? What's, what's the, the desire in his attacks? What does he want us to do? Why has Satan come at us? Ultimately, I think he wants, of course, to defeat God. He wants to prove God wrong. But in his attacks personally on us, what does he want us to do? He wants us to fail. He's come here to kill, steal, and destroy. 
He wants us to sin. He wants us to fall. And so for you and I, we must see the spiritual warfare that we are warned of as very real. And if we don't take on the armor that we've been given daily, and if we don't seriously apply it, if we don't seriously use these things in our life every day, then when Satan schemes against us and those arrows start flying, guess what? They're going to work against us. They're going to work against us. And whenever you're facing that and, and you don't have that armor on, you're going to start believing those lies. You're going to start giving in to that temptation. You're going to start falling. You're start going to get further away from God because, again, Satan's good at what he does. And he's bringing it every day. And so what if I'm already there? What if I haven't been putting the armor on and I've bought his lies? That I've got to have this sin in my life. That, that my value is only found in this. That I'm broken because this situation is going on in my life. That I'm useless. I'm worthless. What do I do when I, when I feel like the enemy's already got victory in my life? Let me tell you what you do. You get back up. You get back up. Because though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. You get back up and you realize, I got to put this stuff on. I got to daily and deliberately put the things that God has given to me to face this battle. And, and I got to put them on. But you get back up. I want to encourage you and challenge you as the musicians come. If, you, if you're there, know that that's where Satan wants to keep you. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're defeated in sin. I, mean, I cannot shake this temptation. I cannot shake this sin. I, I, I can't deal with this situation. I can't, I, 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 I'm so captivated by my job situation, my fear here and Tonight, as we said last week, put it on. Put on the armor that God has given to you and start doing battle. And again, it's not in your strength. It's not like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go take on the devil. <laughs> Be careful. You know, you get a little too proud and too pompous in your own self. As we said already, Satan will wax the floor with you. He'll wax the floor with me, and he's done it before. He'll do it. Again, all of our confidence lies in the Lord. All of our trust, all of our hope in the battle lies in the resources of what God has given to us. So it's simply a decision that we all have to make. Every day, to daily and deliberately, use these resources and put them on. And so I encourage you to do that. No matter where you're at, maybe say, I, I feel like I'm doing that every day. Continue to do that and pray for those that may be struggling. Well, let's pray tonight. And respond how God leads. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that you give to me and that you've given to me over and over. And this, Lord, a, a constant reminder that we can never slack. Lord, we, we get really lazy, uh, especially when it comes to spiritual things in our lives. Uh, we can be so uh, focused and so um, insistent and, and meticulous and careful about so many other things in our life, about maybe the way our house is or maybe the way our finances are run or how we do our jobs or, or other things. We can be so careful about so many different things in this world that ultimately in the scope of things may not matter. God, we're in a real spiritual battle, the battle for men's souls. 
a battle against good and evil, against your kingdom and a, and a kingdom that Satan is trying to build, Lord, and help us to see that we are the soldiers that you've enlisted. And we've got to be prepared in the battle every single day. So help us not be lazy. Help us not be frivolous. Help us, help, help us not be um, unwise to go day to day without putting these, these elements on, these components, these, these pieces of armor on. It helps take it seriously and see victory come uh, through your name and for your kingdom. Lord, I pray you just move now. We'll praise you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.